When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. We would just like to offer our warm wishes to both Brenda Nout and Zach Allegri today, as we don't know how much longer they'll be about. So, welcome to the show, guys, and welcome, listeners, to the Anglo-Italian pod. As always, my name is Rory, and I'm joined by my very good friends... Adam and... Andy. Here we are, boys. It is Thursday night once again. The Champions League has been done. We're getting ready for some Serie A Premier League, but... How have your weeks been? Um, I'm going to start with you, Adam. Any kind of stories from the football world that caught your eye this week? Oh, um, I mean, I think just the developments of Juventus really just continue to fascinate, don't they? And the, the uh, pro or against agenda, certainly, which I'm sure we'll cover off, is uh, certainly uh, an eye-watering thing to uh, cover off. But what about yourself? How, how have you been, more importantly? Uh, more importantly, thank you. No, I've yeah, I've been good. I've been good. Um, trying to actually, what I have been doing is I've been getting quite excited about Football Manager twenty three coming out, and I'm in that Ooh. weird period of the year. I don't know about you, Andy, but between not having a good like kind of losing interest in my FM twenty two save, not <laughs> wanting to start another one because the new game's coming out soon. So I did find myself on. Championship Manager 0102 the other day, um, because it was, of course, I think on Wednesday, it was the first day, it was the 21st birthday of the game, um, and there's, <laughs> I was playing it, and my missus was like, is that the, uh, is that the new one? And I was like, yeah, yeah, so, <laughs> it looks really crap. <laughs> I was like, yeah, yeah, no, it's not the, it's not the new one, no, if, if the graphics <laughs> didn't spoil it for you. I don't know about you, Andy, are you kind of struggling to fill FM22 time at the minute? I've kind of... I've kind of like gone a bit of a South American um, mm. loophole. So I started off in um, Peru um, with uh, SC Cairo or something like that. They founded like 10 years ago. Uh, okay. The league. And then now that then I won the league and I thought, right, I'm, um, I'm going to fuck off <laughs> somewhere else. <laughs> that tick. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So I went, I took, a, I took over SC Junior in Colombia and I'll tell you what, I've never played so many games in one season ever. The league systems out there are <laughs> mental. It's like, mad. You play, mad. You, play, you play like 20 games as like the first half of the season. And then after that first half of the season, you play what is effectively a Champions League group stage yep. for six games. Then you get to a final. <laughs> then, then you have a second half of the season where you do the same thing all over again. So if you win, that's like 58 games you could play. Not to mention the cup competitions where you... Um... Most of them have group stages as well. Like yeah, most well, this, of one, them have group this stages. one, all of the games are two legs. Oh, and Christ then, and, alive. And then, you, and then obviously if you're fortunate or unfortunate enough, depending on your take, to to be able to get through to the Copa Libertadores or the um, Sudamericana, Sudamericana yeah. um, 
it's it's just absolute carnage. Like <laughs> I've been there eighteen months in like in game time and played a yeah, hundred yeah. games. <laughs> <laughs> Genuinely, yeah. So therefore, I did my usual. I won the league. Uh, well, the what, half of the league, but it felt like a whole league. Um, and then I took over. I've just taken over a racing club over in Argentina. So I think like that squeezing was... Squeezing it in, bloody hell. Yeah, so... Three jobs, squeezing pretty it much. in. Yeah, yeah. So I pretty much just... Um, well, two, yeah, two and a half seasons of three jobs. So, yeah. So that's what I've finally got my football manager time until the beta comes out. And then I just yeah. start all over I again. have pre-ordered it. I pre-ordered it this week. I always think the South America project is going to be a thing. I'm like, right, this year I'm doing it. Then I get like, I get a season in. And I'm like, okay, basta, enough. I'm done. That's it. <laughs> I can't do this anymore. It's taken me a whole year. Um, but Andy, how's your week been beyond the the exploits in South America? Yeah. So beyond um, going into real life, it's been yeah, it's been a bit busy. Uh, working in financial services is also a giggle at the moment. Uh, but um, um, you know, I was pondering earlier, like, um, who's worth with money, quasi Quartank? Or Barcelona. Uh, <laughs> well, they can have him. They can have him. I'll, <laughs> yeah, I'll, yeah. I'll fly him there. I'll fly him there myself. Match made in heaven. Uh, yeah. But when, yeah, when Barcelona seem a better run organisation than the, the Tory Party at the moment. It's very... <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's a close one. That is a close one. Right. I do think I have more trust in Xavi. I think I have more trust in Xavi. <laughs> maybe, just maybe, just maybe. Mm. Yeah, well, on that, as we all ponder the, <laughs> the desperate situation that we're in, we are going, if we're ready, guys, we're going to go yeah. to our Champions League and Euro review. There's so much to talk about. Yeah. I think we best go. My name is David Artel, and you're listening to the Anglo-Italian pod. And here we are. It is Euro review time, and we are starting with the Champions League. I feel like Tuesday, there wasn't a lot of goals. It felt a bit slow. And then Wednesday, it all just went a bit mad how did we feel about this week's champions league impressed disappointed what do we think guys i'll start with you andy i thought well i thought tuesday was a little bit meh to be honest i was looking at the fixes mm. another there weren't really anything exciting jumping yeah. out at me mm. uh, and when i got back from playing football i was looking at the scores and going well i didn't really miss anything so mm-hmm. yeah it just felt like running for mill like manchester city they've long since qualified they were just going through the motions against you know, Copenhagen, and there was just, yeah, it just wasn't, it felt like one of those, that group of games, there wasn't really a huge amount at stake. A lot mm-hmm. of it already seems set in stone. You kind of tell that with kind of some of the, the score lines out there. I mean, I am, one bit that's given me a little bit of warmth is Timo Werner's slow redemption back at oh, um, It's good to see. I was, it's good to see him happy, no? Yeah. I think it's good to see yeah. him happy. I, th- I think he's always been one of those strikers that needed a bit of love and unfortunately mm. he was never going to get that at Chelsea. Mm. Um, and, thought, of course, the number nine curse. Nobody can I'm, break I'm, the number, I'm number, yes. I'm the number nine curse. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah, I, I did feel a bit sorry for him. So I'm, I'm, glad, I'm glad things are looking up for him at Leipzig now. Yeah, good work, Timo. Adam, what did you think? Obviously, there's one game on Tuesday that did take the headlights, but yeah. I will get there. But yeah. in general, how did you feel about the Tuesday night's football? Um, Andy sums up Tuesday really nicely. I think Wednesday was just explosive. Just the mm. amount of games and goals. Um, I was fixated by the Inter versus Barcelona match, which I'm sure we'll go into detail. But oh, yeah, Napoli again showing their worth as well. <laughs> Incredible. And I'm sure we'll speak about Rangers' exploits against Liverpool, which again, 
it looks like it had the hallmarks of another surprise for Liverpool uh, going mm. behind. But yeah, they came back and unfortunately reminded us that they are still a good team somehow, somewhere in between that. Yeah, they really came back as well. Eh? They really, yeah. really came back. Uh, but there is, of course, only one place to start on student on Tuesday night. And it was one of the early kickoffs. Now, my highlight of this week, and actually I'm, I'm <laughs> glad I saved it for this bit, is I was on my way back from work and this game was finishing. So I'm sat on the Metro and I sit down, listen to my podcast, and I see this bloke with his daughter and he sat staring at his phone. He looks quite depressed. And then I see that he's checking the Juventus score, right? And his, his daughter is asking him questions. And I was like, I'm just going to pause my podcast and just eavesdrop. <laughs> and his daughter was like, Makia, like, but who's this team? Who's this team? I don't know who they are. Like, no, no, no. And he's like, yeah, I know. I know. Yeah. Yeah. They're from Israel. Yeah, I know. I know. Yeah. And then she was like, you really should be winning this. Yes, I know we should have won this game. And I was just sat there for, for five minutes, just enjoying it. And then was like, okay, back to my podcast. But of course, we are talking about Maccabee Haifa 2, Juventus nil. And I'm going to give myself a bit of a pat on the back and say, I did say this would be a tough game for Juventus. Mm -hmm. I said, this is not an easy walk in the park. They put up a real fight against a very good PSG team. Juve are not that PSG team. Adam... <laughs> Instant thoughts on Allegri and Juve. So much entertainment. Wow, there's so much to like, kind of digest, isn't there? But I mean, let's just give credit to Maccabi and Adzili as well. Adzili from mm -hmm. the second goal was incredible. Like the angle that he managed to get that shot it's in. A hell of a hit. But yeah, again, Juventus, they just don't seem to have a clue. They don't look like any of the players are fighting for Allegri right now. And I think that's the part where even the fans are starting to go, right, he's at it. There's no kind of, you know, kind of defence of him. When you think Sari and Pirlo both won titles and were sacked for it, and yet here we go. We've got a manager that's been brought in, archaic in terms of his coaching methods, and he's not getting the best out of these players, and he's blaming the players ultimately for their kind of current run. So that goes to show that he hasn't got control of the squad. He hasn't got the buy-ins, more importantly. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I mean, first victory for Maccabi Haifa in, I think it was 20 years. I think the last time they did a victory was against Man United in mm -hmm. the Champions League. So Ooh. that says a That's hell a of a lot in terms of <laughs> Maccabi Haifa. But yeah, Rory, your thoughts on Juventus as well. Oh, it's so it's so funny. Well, it's the first win for an Israeli team in the Champions League since 2010. Like this is wow. massive. It is massive. Um, thoughts about Juventus? Um, what I saw was a team even slower than the performance against Milan. Now, I think Milan. We talked about how Milan were like 100 miles an hour. Juve were just running yeah. through treacle. This was like their feet had been super glued to the floor. They were not moving. And there was a moment where the Juve player, I can't remember who it was, but they were trying to do a triangle. Basically, both the passes missed. It went off the pitch. And then Allegri's like <laughs> clapping. Like, yeah, good work, yeah. boys. And it just, the, the look on his face, it was like, I've worked in jobs where I've been out of my depth and you try and look busy or something's gone wrong. <laughs> yeah. So you try and look busy and try and look like you're doing something so just out of denial. And you're like, yeah, you know, yeah. everything's fine. Everything's fine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's good. Don't worry. That is the vibe I got from Allegri hugely. Just this guy being like, if I just look active, people will think I know what I'm doing and people will think I'm mm. okay. Um, it was really completely lost. And 
the players. Now, we're going to play a little bit of a game. We're going to have an Allegri referendum. Here we go. <laughs> Are you pro or anti-Allegri? Now, Andy, I'm going to get you to guess a player. I think I might know who your first guess is going to be. Let's say, which player do you think could be anti-Allegri? Oh, this is just a wild dip in the sea with no prior knowledge. Uh, <laughs> Five points. Paul Pogba, <laughs> without kicking a ball for Juventus, has already decided that he is Allegri out. That's not a good start. Adam, I'm going to let you try and pick Allegri in. Should we do that? Go for a player yeah. who's still backing Massimiliano. What do we think? The number one, Wojciech Szczesny. It's five points. Good work. Because <laughs> arguably, without Allegri, Chesney may still not be at Juventus. Exactly. <laughs> um, I tell you, you, speaking of which, of uh, Wojciech Szczesny, because I know Adam likes to jump on the Wojciech Szczesny is shit bandwagon. I thought he looked a little bit suspects for the first one. I mean, for the first goal, he went down in fucking three Klarner installments. And then <laughs> the, you know, the second one, he kind of like went to the left, went, oh no. Uh, <laughs> I think he definitely knows what side his, his bread's buttered on. Like he knows to stick up for a leg and be like, <laughs> keep this one where it is. <laughs> um, okay, Andy, another player who is anti-Allegri. Di Maria? Correct. Angel Di Maria is taking the Argentinian faction with him. Uh, Leandro Paredes apparently agrees with him. They are both Allegri out. Uh, there is a very big difference in quality between the players who are backing him and <laughs> yeah. who aren't. So uh, with that clue, Adam, I'll give you one more guess for a player who is pro-Allegri. Oh, let me uh, go with the back line now. Uh, Danilo? Danilo, correct. Five points. Guys, perfect scores. Perfect scores. Danilo is pro Allegri. Now, I'll take you through this list. The quality drop-off mm. is insane. The <laughs> players who are pro are Wojciech Szczesny, Juan Cuadrado, Mattia De Chilio, Mattia Peran, the backup keeper, and Danilo. <laughs> okay. The players who are against Allegri are Vlavic, Di Maria, Paredes, Pogba, Chiesa, McKenney, Locatelli, Bremer, and Kostic. And they are just the ones that have been named. Mm. So it's looking like he's on a losing battle. The problem is he's not going to get sacked. No. They've made that clear now. So I don't know where where you they go from here i honestly don't know what happens like adam what what can feasibly happen now the club have said he's not going to be stacked those players who hate him know he's not yeah. going anywhere it can only get more poisonous surely yeah it's just going to be a poison chalice isn't it i mean what i heard today was they'll probably reevaluate this when we go into the World Cup if Juventus are in a position where they might be struggling to get in the top four. And that is a mm -hmm. realistic opportunity of that <laughs> they happening. They might already now. be so there. They're already <laughs> there, practically. They're out of the Champions League, right? So, you know, what else have they got to go forward with? So, I mean, the fact is, whoever comes in, and this is why probably that window is probably a great opportunity for Juventus, they can get someone in, fresh new ideas and he's got money potentially to spend on players or at least he'll know which players he wants to keep and who he wants to get rid of so i think it's massive opportunity for juventus to regroup but as we've been saying they just can't afford it but ultimately they're gonna have to bite the bullet you either get rid of him 
and you know build at least some atmosphere with the fans because you can see by the attendances they're depleted by the week, empty. right <laughs> i mean this was a classic example i heard someone said you've got a choice of Fortnite or you can watch allegri football <laughs> now most people are probably going to go with Fortnite, right so yeah. this is the thing so yeah. this is a generation that events are losing right now and mm-hmm. you know they've got bills to pay ultimately they were the worst side financially for last year mm-hmm. as well it's been recorded yeah, yeah, yeah. record losses wasn't it 253 billion i think it was or million they're gonna even. have to be more it's creative than they've ever been in their lives yeah. they're gonna have to get some super creative accountants to get themselves out of this one but i think what i find baffling is that with agnelli the owner like he's been a very a pretty his family have been successful business people, yeah. right? Not necessarily him. But there is a point where the asset starts to lose value. And yeah. he's like, the longer he leaves it, the bigger the rut is and the bigger mm. the job it is to turn around. I feel like this is kind of, we've seen clubs, me and Andy have supported two clubs that have been stuck in a rut, right? And it can take a while to get out of it. And you can see yourself sinking into it. And Juve are sinking into that. They're kind of pretty deep in it already. This is already a job that realistically you need three seasons to turn around and make title challenges, at least at least two seasons to actually make them title challenges. And the longer he waits, the bigger the job it is. And the inspiring name that has been linked to it is Didier Deschamps. Yeah. Just, I don't know what you think of Deschamps, Andy, but when he did great at Monaco in 2003, 2004, and he's won the World Cup, fair play. Like, that's pretty good. But do you think he's the guy to, like, turn Juve around? He'll definitely be defensive. I think, think (laughs) yeah. I think what Juve need is someone who... um, get a bit of a tune out for players a little bit and plays a bit more of a modern free-flying style i mean mm. this this is going to be might be a bit of a reach but um given some of the the nationality of some of the unhappy personnel at um juventus i'd actually give pochettino a rank i, I think that's completely reasonable honestly i think um, he looks at juventus and he takes it I yeah 100 yeah. percent. like he's he's probably because he'd be such an antithesis to a legby ball. Um, I think yeah. the fans get on board to that. Uh, but I think, you know, I think it's, it's important not to put all the blame on Allegri. Obviously, mm-hmm. he's responsible for what happens on the pitch. But as you alluded to, Rory, um, we can see it with Manchester United and Arsenal. And where that rot sets in is by the players that you bring in. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we've we've obviously... You refer to, like, for example, the comments that Aubameyang um, made after leaving <laughs> Arsenal, um, and you look at some of the, you look at <laughs> sort of the players that were bought in for Juventus over the summer, the likes of Di Maria, the likes of uh, Paul Pogba. You know, as mm-hmm. good as they have been at international level, they've always been quite problematic at club yeah. level. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, every Manchester United fan could have told you. That what, what you know what was going to be coming with Paul Pogba. Um, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. If he's not happy, he absolutely he he makes sure everybody makes knows about it. You know, mm-hmm. he tells the media, he gets it out there, and, and that's what knows. we're seeing now. Like this list yeah. that's been leaked to the press is just absolutely classic Man United story a year ago. If you know, yeah. what I mean? like yeah, yeah, absolutely yeah. classic. So, right? Yeah, it's and we um, unfortunately two of them are ex Manchester United players. Yes. Yeah. Um, yeah, 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 you know, yeah. So we we we've. That is true. From as a fan, I've seen this already, and you know, I think we saw it even last year with like Edison Cavani. There seems to be 
um, a group of players that seem to be that are absolutely will, will, will turn up in crutches uh, mm. to play at the World Cup, and they're absolutely desperate to do it. Um, yeah, yeah. But they don't seem particularly keen to come back and play some games for their club. Um, this is something that's been levelled at them. The likes of Paredes and Di Maria, kind of yeah. apparently Allegri has suspicions that they're just kind of keeping <clears throat> themselves fit for the World Cup, and they don't really <laughs> give a shit about the Bianconeri. But I think, look for for Juve. I don't know where they go from here. It's going to be a grim season. It's going to be a really grim season. They're going to be in the Europa League. The Europa League this season is looking rough like there are some going to be some big good sides in that there's united there's arsenal there's probably going to be barcelona there's juve going to be roma there are some really big sides in that competition i think it's mm-hmm. going to be grim for juve but maccabi haifa unbelievable result that's why they're in the tournament that is the moment right no matter they can lose the next game nine nil it doesn't matter they have yeah. beaten a top european giant in their current state but a european giant two nil at home it's incredible should very quickly say the striker arguably shouldn't have been on the pitch. If you read about his history, he's got a dark, dark history with women. Unfortunately, there seems to be a lot of them in the game. A little bit of a spoil there, or a big bit of a spoil. But we're going to leave Juve to their misery um, and Maccabi Haifa to their joy. And we're going to go for the next game. Um, Adam, which game should we go for next? Let's talk about Napoli. We've been talking about them for Ooh. so long, but this was a phenomenal performance. Best team in Europe, arguably. Oh, what do I you think, think lads? they're in the best form. Ten wins in a row, nine wins in a row. Yeah. Um, they are absolutely smashing it. And against an Ajax team, again, this isn't the Ajax of a couple of years ago, but this is a very, very good team. And it feels like every time I check Napoli scores at the minute, within 10 minutes, they're 3-0 up. It just feels yeah. like the game's done. I'm like, oh, wow, okay, cool. Right, that was quick. Um, it's unbelievable at the moment. I think the players, just the depth is incredible. But the first goal from Raspadori. Now, when he moved from Sassuolo, there was him and Skamaka, right, obviously. And I thought, right, Skamaka's the one that's going to explode. Skamaka is the headline player, right? And he's having a great start at West Ham. He is. He's like really finally yeah. finding his feet and stuff. But I did not see Raspadori taking off to this level. I don't know about you, Adam, but I did not see him. I think he's the top scorer in the Champions League at the moment, right? Um, possibly, yeah, yeah. I think I think he is. And I did not see this happening. But the the, the technique and the pace mm-hmm. and the strength of some of yeah. someone of his build it's insane. Like, I, how I think, impressed have you been with him? I think we knew how technically. He is mm-hmm. like he's technically very good, and I think the main thing here is the confidence that he's gained. So by being in a winning side, that's helped him, and mm-hmm. he's grown into it. Because if you remember his first game of the season, which was against Spezia, he was terrible for the whole yeah. majority of that yeah. match, but he <laughs> got the goal. He got mm-hmm. the winning goal, which we kind of laughed at at the time. But that since then, if you remember. Rangers had a fantastic game, scored a fantastic goal. Yeah. Moving on into the league, he's constantly scoring. Even when yeah. he's been rotated with the likes of Simeone, and obviously even in this match, Osimhen's come back into it as well. Just I scored mean, straight at away. At the moment, yeah, you yeah. just score for choice, aren't you? And mm-hmm. it's just incredible. But the thing with Napoli is the fact that they've got so many players rotated as well. So it's not always the same 11 for every match. Mm-hmm. And Dombele, a player that we didn't anticipate yeah. to flourish under that kind of atmosphere, is doing fantastically well. I'm sure Spurs are wanting him back now. But, but you know, I mean, it's just incredible. Like I said, M- Mario Rui, like he was 
on his legs last season. This yeah, season, yeah. he looks like a completely different defender, bombing down that left-hand side. Mm. You know, he's creating chances. And this is the whole team. Merritt's in goal is incredible as well. Yeah. Like, when he's called upon, the whole team just seems to, like, thrive on this. And like we said on Monday night show, I think it was, they don't want this season to end. When no. this World Cup comes, I'm sure they'll be, like, cursing at the fact that there yeah, is this yeah. break, to be fair. Yeah. so. I mean, just incredible performances. Superlatives just failed now. It's really... Because I remember watching Spalletti's Inter, and they were not this fun. Like, the first year I came to Inter, the first year I came to Milan, mm. there was two years of Spalletti. It was the Icardi team, They when they first got yeah. back to the Champions League, that kind of thing. And the football was not that entertaining. It was... I think we had Uncle Sharma on the show, and he described it as cross and inshallah like it was just <laughs> you just stick the ball in the box and hope something happens so when he went to napoli i was like oh god it's going to be dull he's just going to guarantee yeah. him top four and that's just like a kind of boring appointment kind of like that manager who's going to keep you in the league he's just going to get you champions league but nothing else now italian friends of mine have told me for years i'm wrong about spalletti and that he's a very <laughs> exciting incredible coach i'm fully willing to accept i'm wrong now like the football they are playing is absolutely outstanding they are coached so so well so they all know how to play in multiple positions they know how to do their job and the next person's job mm. and he's getting a tune out of players that other people haven't um like you said, like Mario Rui really coming on. Herving Lozano was basically yeah. getting forced out of the club. He's now on a scoring run. It feels like they cannot help but score. The only problem in this game, and it's a big problem, is that Anguissa has just gone off injured. Um, so he's going to be missing this weekend against Roma, which is a huge game, right? Mm. Um and I'm I'm I I'm not sure who's going to fulfill that role. Like, uh, are you going to put Ndombele in that role and just hope that his work ethic continues? They can do the defensive side. I'm not sure he's as defensively solid. Like, I'm not sure who goes into that Anguissa role because he has been absolutely yeah. key for this team. So I think this is the first real test for Spalletti. Of like, they've been in great form, they've mm -hmm. done incredibly well, but this is the first bit where it's like, right, okay, now you're missing like. A, your most important player, arguably, right? How do you get past this? So I think it'll be really interesting to see how they deal with it. It should, they're hoping he'll be fit for the World Cup, but it's not certain because it's a muscular injury, mm -hmm. I think. So they're still trying to see how long he'll be out for. But that could be a big miss for Napoli. But sticking to the positives, they've qualified with two games to go. <laughs> they're the top yeah. scorers in the competition in a group with Liverpool and Ajax. They've absolutely smashed it. How far? I'm going to ask you, Andy. How far can they go in the Champions League? I think I've, I've, I know where they're going to end up, but how far do you think they can go? I think they could get to the semis, you know, because it's mm. not. Mm -hmm. If you think about the traditional European superpowers, should we say, half of them could be playing on fucking Thursday nights. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah well, so, that's it, right? you know, so it does leave it quite an open competition. I think you can probably slot, you know, Real Madrid. PSG more than likely in Manchester City is probably the three that you'd expect would get to the quarterfinals, mm -hmm. but you could see a you know a Napoli getting through quite mm -hmm. easily. They're certainly, you know, outside of the the Manchester City's Bayern Munich's of this world, probably one of the best in most informed teams playing at the moment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um I guess it's just whether it can, you know, as the fixtures pile up and the World Cup happens, it'd be interesting to see whether that momentum is still there going into January. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think, well, I, I had them nailed on for, for semis until like one of the traditional teams inevitably beats them in the, uh, over two legs. But I think 
they could be like this year's Champions League story. Really, really exciting things going on in Naples. Absolutely love it. Of course, Cavara scored again. It's not even a talking yeah. point anymore. He just scores every game. The guy isn't even 21 yet. I think he's 20. He just turned 21. Yeah, 21. Oh, yeah. Just I'll, tell you what, I'll tell you what, it's funny because like you're seeing a lot of like Premier League fans started to wake up to him now. Like mm-hmm. yeah. he's get he's getting that recognition. Like next summer, I think it's gonna be a, a heck of a it's gonna be a absolute battle over a lot of that Napoli team. I think this is why there's a feeling like in me like Spalletti, you've got to do it this year because next year yeah. every big club is looking at all those fucking players. You've got to do it this year. You've got to do it this year. Um, but Napoli fans enjoy it. This season is going to be so much fun and hopefully mm. there'll be a lot of silverware at the end of it. I really, really hope you get it. Um, so the next game on Tuesday that I want to talk about um, and the question is does anybody like Mbappe? <laughs> Does anyone find him? I was kind of, this week, Arsenal Twitter's got carried away with itself and said, oh, French player looking for a move. Maybe Arsenal get him. And I'm going to say something on Rory Jennings' level of stupid at this point. I don't want Mbappe at Arsenal. I'm okay. I don't care how good he is. He's a bellend. We just got rid of one bellend. He might not be as good as Mbappe. Just don't want him. I'm quite happy with what we've got. Plus, there's no way we're getting him anyway, so don't worry about it. But I <laughs> just I was gonna I say, mean... I, I'm I'm also with you that I'm also mm-hmm. a United fan. And again, I'm going to sound ridiculous, but I don't want that baggage at yeah, this club. Yeah. We just got rid of a Frenchman with a lot of baggage. We don't want to swap them with another yeah. one. Yeah, I think and this is kind of a point, right? I think who because PSG have slapped a 200 million pound 250 million pound price tag on him realistically who comes for him he's missed the real madrid train real madrid are not going to pay money for him now now that they now that he fucked him over in the summer there's no way they come back for him so who comes for him adam where do you think he ends up because he's leaving psg that's if he can get a move out of that club because he signed a contract. So ultimately, PSG could put him in the reserves and say, ha see you later, mate. So oh, literally, they could like love that. to see that, right? Um, <laughs> realistic one game window, in the reserves. One, one team that I think that might fancy it, Chelsea. Just because they've got the money, <laughs> they've got a crazy owner at the moment. Yeah, and Todd Bowley's and, an idiot. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he'll go for what's perceived as world-class talent. So mm. again... That, that's the only club that springs to mind outside of what we've just said because mm-hmm. Man City, obviously they've got Haaland. He's probably a better person to have and having two players like Haaland and Mbappe just doesn't make sense for Guardiola. Real Madrid don't please have don't Also, please don't let yeah. that happen. The league exactly. will never be competitive exactly. again. Like yeah, Yeah, so Barcelona can't afford him. And then you look at maybe Italy, no chance because none of those clubs have got the money mm. unless they get taken over. So realistically... Yeah. Chelsea is the only one that springs to mind, and I don't think they will. Wow, that is—it's mad, isn't it? And all of a sudden, he's put himself in such a corner that there's no real, there's no real suitors for him. Maybe he is for once actually going to have to eat some humble pie and take no as an answer and get his head down. Like I think, like obviously we don't know what he was promised, but the promises that were made public were pretty ridiculous. Like that he would have an input on transfers, that he would kind of have semi-control of the club, whatever it was. It was just seemed like they were pandering to this child. 
And maybe PSG are learning a lesson now. Maybe this is part mm. of them. Like we've seen them learn a few lessons over the last couple of years. Maybe this is another lesson they're going to learn of like, okay, actually no one is bigger than this club, right? Exactly. Um, but it, he's playing with the two best players or two of the best players on the planet for his boy home, his, his hometown boy, team, team yeah. in like earning millions of pounds a week. What will it take for you to be happy, Killian? I just want to know what will make you happy. I can't imagine what more he could have. I think it's just that his ego just go to his head. Um, mm-hmm. I think this does have a little bit to it. There's been a few rumours that as a result of Messi and um, Neymar both really coming into a bit of form this season, mm-hmm. um, he's the, the, like the lone lights come off him a little bit. He doesn't seem to yeah. like it, which is a ridiculous thing to say given how talented it is, but it does seem to be the case. And you've seen it in a few PSG games, like especially mm-hmm. the, like the clips have gone viral where, you know, Early the season on a counter attack, the ball wasn't passed to him, so he just stops running. And there's lots yeah. of rumors that he refuses to pass to Neymar and stuff well, like the that. Well, stats, the stats back it up. He does yeah. not pass the ball to Neymar. He and doesn't. when you're in a situation where there's a conflict and Neymar's a good guy out of this conflict, <laughs> that's bad. That's... Yeah, Jesus Christ. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Look, a lot of people have got a lot to say about Neymar because of what yeah. he's like. I quite like him now. <laughs> You know, to be fair, to be fair today, Mike, he's always he's always been quite consistent for PSG and he's never kicked up a stink of this level. He just does no. he just goes He just with, likes to have his sister's birthday off. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. Right. Yeah, he likes a Christmas and uh, his sister's birthday off, but that's nothing comparison. <laughs> but if, if Mbappe really, really wanted to leave, he had an opportunity to do that in the summer where he had mm-hmm. the pick of every club imaginable. Yeah. I mean, Real Madrid literally put out the red carpet for yeah. him. And I think all of this stuff about being given power on transfers and all of this kind of stuff, I think it's just basically just a cover because he didn't have the balls to say, I was offered a fuck ton of money, so I'm staying. Like, he could have just said that. It would have been a lot easier. Like, that's that's the reason. He was just offered too much money to say no. You have literally the president of France, Emmanuel (laughs) Macron, getting involved in it, going like, you know, getting on the hotline to him. Um... Yeah. And then when you're when you're like that age and from 19, you've been hyped to that level. When, from when you're 16, of course, your ego is going to be absolutely huge. It just says a lot that he's bigger than Messi and Mbappe's, I suppose. But I think we should really kind of talk about the game. The game wasn't that exciting. It was a game of two penalties. PSG struggled. Benfica played very, very well. They're having mm-hmm. a quietly a very good tournament, Benfica. Um, but I did hear an interesting quote, just last thing on Mbappe, that someone said, what was it? The Real Madrid train only passes once. And I think, Killian, you fucked it. Missed it. You missed it. You're going to have to wait for the next one to I Barcelona, just... maybe. If they find another lever, we'll get onto that one. <laughs> just, well, just on that one, I'm going to yeah. have to uh, take a, s- a swivel. Cause, okay, uh, good luck I'm, on the train. Yeah, thank yeah, yeah. you. <laughs> I'm going to play football with uh, Erling Haaland's brother, who scored 60 goals in just five. I know. about he's been playing in Norway. No, he hasn't. He's been playing on Thursday nights. That's an exclusive <laughs> for me. But absolute pleasure after the short time here, and I'll see you guys very, very soon. See you later, mate. So, Adam, just me and thee from here. Oh. We've gone from PSG Benfica 
of the last of the Tuesday games, because as I said, not many of them were that exciting. I'm going to no. go for the Anglo-Italian game, Milan versus Chelsea. Just one talking point here, really. Christmas. Um, <laughs> a red card was it no. a red card I, I, despite what I heard on various different other podcasts no I, I, I can't see how that can be given as a firstly a foul because that is basically you, you, it's a contact sport right football yeah, yeah. and that seems to be lost now I appreciate the balance probably was there where potentially Mount was potentially going to be going down a lot earlier but he decided to keep going so I suppose it's that old age argument of should there be a penalty regardless of the fact that, you know, he stayed on his feet, which we've kind of advocated, I suppose, in the past. But at the same time, that's not a red card. That's never no, a red the only card. Thing, the only thing I thought was, wasn't there the double jeopardy rule thing? Wasn't that a thing? I remember a phrase, double jeopardy, that it wasn't meant to be a penalty and a red card because you were basically getting, like, you were basically getting screwed twice. Like, yeah. Yeah, I, I mean, but even unless in it was an egregious foul, right? Look, let, let's just go by the hypothesis that the referee has judged that to be a foul. Mm. Is that a red card? He's not the last man, is he? He's just gone mm. into the corner and he's trying to cross it, like or get across across the box, essentially. So mm. for me, the yellow card, most like yeah. I think yellow card no and the penalty. Way. I'm, I'm, I think my issue isn't with the penalty; it's with the red card. I just. Yeah. I can see why it's a penalty. I think the fact that Mason Mount runs through and tries to continue to take a shot doesn't mean it's not a penalty. It just means Mason Mount is fairly honest. Um, yeah. I, but I think giving a red for that is a, it is just mental. But I think just even as the penalty was taken, the ref just randomly gave Mason Mount a yellow card. Like he was throwing cards. Throwing them, like yeah. I don't know how he. I don't know anything about him. I was a German ref. I don't think he came with a reputation. It wasn't like. People were saying, "I'll oh, watch out for this guy," but he really tried to stamp his authority in the game in, in just the wrong way, and it just completely killed the game. Yeah. It turned into a training exercise for Chelsea and Milan. Ultimately, in both their games where they've faced the biggest competition, they've Pioli's kind of had his hands tied. In the first game, they had so yeah. many injuries that it was basically a B team, and then the second game, when they finally get them at home, give them a game. Still yeah. a lot of injuries, but let's give them a game sending off within 10 minutes and you just think i just feel quite bad for milan that they've been unable to show how good they are against yeah, the exactly. Chelsea team. it's just justified jamie o'hara's comments hasn't it yeah it's just kind yeah, yeah, yeah. of like exactly. that now exactly so. and i think this is a, a chelsea side they could have beaten um so it's yeah. a shame for milan they'll still get through they'll be fine but i think purely will be very very disappointed mm. obviously um we should move on to wednesday night and wednesday night it all went a bit mad Sorry, I'm going to go back on myself. Just before we do, just a few headlines. Shakhtar, Real Madrid yeah. are enemies of football, but Rudiger <laughs> puts his face. Oh my God, that was brutal. The Rudiger um, head. Yeah, his cheekbone didn't look great, did it? I mean, the you just blood saw the skin out just, of him. like kind of just jump out. It almost looks like, do you remember Looney Tunes where the eyes <laughs> bulge out? <laughs> proper like, bulging. Proper um, bulge. But there is a word to be said about concussion protocol in football because both those players continue to play, which is just utter madness. madness. Um, Copenhagen got a nil-nil draw with City, despite City being down to 10 men. Massive result for Copenhagen for that, I think. Yeah. Genuinely. Camille very, Bogara, very... who's the Polish goalkeeper, pulling off a save for the penalty. And he's a man that's been creating some headlines because he 
has some beef with Matt Ryan. Do you remember Matt Ryan of uh, Brighton oh, and Hove yeah, Albion? Yeah, yeah, yes, yeah, yeah. exactly. So he's the goalkeeper down there. And uh, due to, uh, I believe, an injury, um, Camille Cabrera was called up for the uh, Copenhagen team for specifically the two legs. So he played against Man City when they lost 5-0 and had a fantastic okay. game regardless of the scoreline. And again... He pulls off an amazing save, Ooh. number of saves in this match, including that penalty save against yeah, Mares. Yeah, yeah. And he's getting his just desserts because nice. he's, he's actually displayed publicly, which is so weird that he doesn't like the support that he's getting down there, which is so weird. So you'd expect him to be kind of isolated and nowhere near the kind of 11. Mm. But yeah, he's played and he's proving the doubters wrong. So uh, potentially nice. Gabara well, this... might be getting a call up. But, yeah, plenty I mean, of plenty more promise for Poland. That's great to yeah. see. Plenty more promise for Poland. Um, elsewhere, Zagreb, Salzburg, one-one. Dortmund, Sevilla, one-one. Jude Bellingham. Oh my God, oh. this guy is so special, so so special. As we said before, Timo Werner did get a goal as Celtic. I feel like they've been one of the unluckiest teams in the Champions League this year. It feels like every game they've missed about four or five opportunities and then instantly conceded. <sighs> Do you think, though, it's the way they play, which is quite yeah. high-intense football? Yeah. It works against St Mirren or yeah, Livingston, yeah. but it doesn't quite work in the Champions League. Yeah. There's a learning curve there. There's, There's a, a learning curve. I mean, yeah. it is going back to that old-age question of the top two always seems to struggle when they get into yeah. these kind of environments, unfortunately. We'll get on to and the other one. Yeah, yes, yeah. we will we'll shortly, get... won't we? <laughs> we'll get on to the other one. Let's do that now. It's okay. Wednesday night <laughs> and we are going to go for Salah Awakes Rangers in a mess. Just as I was thinking, I had the ghost of a thought of Salah might be on the decline, mm. and he gets the quickest hat-trick in Champions League history. <laughs> ah, there he is. Um, what happened here? I feel like Rangers got the dream start. The eyebrows was yeah. rocking. The atmosphere was incredible, like it always is. What happened? It's just the story of Rangers' season, to be fair. Um, if you ask our previous podcast mm -hmm. hosts, Craig, he's obviously an avid Rangers fan. They're starting to feel like Giovanni Van Bronckhorst is on his last legs now, unfortunately, because they've just gone on this spiral of just, yeah, it's a depression almost. Like they've got a little bit of a hangover from their kind of successful year that they had in beating Celtic to the number 10 title in a row. And now it's just come to pop because, unfortunately, they haven't invested into the squad that much, in fairness. Uh, rely on the same individuals. If you think about the fact that goalkeeping-wise, they've still got McGregor. They've still got the likes of Stephen Davis in that midfield, for example. And, you know, Alfredo Morelos, he's hot and cold as well, to be fair. Mm -hmm. So you've got all of those factors in amongst that. You've got James Tavernier, who's not consistent. Um, yeah. Also, Golson, who came off injured in this match as well. They've got a few big names that aren't performing for them right now. And definitely there needs to be a change. But let's not have that takeaway from Liverpool's performance. They were out there to prove a point, especially going back one uh, to a goal against Rangers. And Salah, we, we know he's there. Like, there's a player there, right? He just mm -hmm. wait, needed to be woken up. And certainly from that point of view, he scored a really good or easy, in my eyes, hat-trick. I mean, <laughs> Rory, what, what, what did you make of that annihilation? 
I think Salah looked like old Salah, but he had all the space in the world. I feel yeah. like this is every time he had time to think about the finish. I was like, guys, close him down. Like someone track him, or I just felt like yeah. I know easier said than done, but I, I, it, it did Spaces. feel like he had all the time in the world. I think, but we're not even mentioning the player of the match and the player of the season for Liverpool. And people again thought he was gone, thought he was out the door, thought he was done. Bobby bloody Firmino yeah. is having an incredible season. One of the assists for one of the Salah goals is an absolute beauty, like a beautiful little touch. He's got tricks and flicks, and he's just quietly been Liverpool's best player of the season. Now, obviously, none of their, like, they've not been playing well. Their players aren't in form, but it still needs to be said. Firmino's now got nine goals, ten goals, I think, Something in all like competitions. That, yeah. um, absolutely killing it. He scored against Arsenal, beautiful goal, and I just think it's a player that, I've always heard rival fans say that, like, oh, he's a bit, like, he's overrated, he's crap. He's, I think the player, the role that he does, the position he plays in, he's unbelievable. Like, he, and he mm-hmm. is a fairly consistent player. He is pretty yeah, consistent. Yeah. Like, yeah, I, I think, think, I think he's quality when he's on the ball, when you get him to have a bit of freedom, because that's yeah. the difference. I think for what he played, he allowed Mane and Salah to run off him. And yeah, he yeah, would yeah. do that kind of contribution of yeah. one touch to set them up for goals, right? He'd draw in defenders. Whereas now, obviously, they're relying on him to be more of a focal point, And therefore, yeah. he's contributing a lot more goals. Yeah, so yeah. is this a surprise? Probably not. It kind of reminds me of when Benzema didn't mm-hmm. have the likes of Ronaldo near him. Yeah, so therefore, yeah, yeah. he had to become the focal point. And now he's getting his just desserts now. I think yeah, like yeah. a lot more people are going to start respecting Firmino. Mm-hmm. But the problem is now, it's just the whole squad, isn't it? What they do in a league. And they've got a lot of work to kind of recover. But and it doesn't get any games that help It doesn't get out. any easier. Like... Yeah, exactly. Um, but they've got a few injuries. We're going to come on to that in the, in the weekend preview, I think. But... This is what Liverpool needed. <laughs> I think this yeah. is what Liverpool needed. There was the Klopp smile at the end. There was that you could almost feel mm. the sigh of relief of just like, yeah. oh God, finally, right, we're finding something. The players can go back after that game, sleep well, and be like, <laughs> right, job done onto the weekend. And it's perfect timing because they do have Man City this weekend, and I think Salah has awoken at the perfect time mm. maybe it's just the arsenal fan in me that's like you know that gif of like so you're saying there's hope like maybe it's <laughs> just that arsenal i got quite liverpool do us a favor but i think i think they this is just exactly what they needed for rangers they've taken some absolute slaps in europe this year jesus christ um they've lost um i just had it here they lost four nil to ajax three nil to napoli um, yeah, two nil to Liverpool one, away yeah. isn't bad, but then seven one in this one, they've taken some absolute slaps in Europe. That is not a good campaign for Van Bronckhorst or Rangers. But we're going to move on and elsewhere on Wednesday night. Um, which game should we talk about? Let's talk about Barcelona Inter. Yes. Oh my days, just absolute chaos this game absolute yes. chaos and all in the second half right it felt like all it pretty much in the second half so you saw all in the last uh, 10 minutes <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah i mean it was incredible absolutely incredible you just don't know where to start but the story of this game was two poor defenses mm-hmm. and two teams that probably not in the greatest of form coming together in a must win game so to speak because i think from an inter perspective, a win certainly gives them a hope of just qualifying for the next stage. And for Barcelona, it's just to stay in the Champions League. And 
boy, were we treated. I mean, I thought as soon as Barcelona scored the first one from Dembele, I thought, right, here's going to be a few more goals because he gave us the stat on Monday night, Rory, about the fact that they don't concede many goals, right? But on this showing, you can understand why there's a weakness in Barcelona's defence when you've got someone like you described as a toilet in Eric Garcia mm-hmm. and uh, PK was doing his best Handanovic impress. Yeah, <laughs> goal. Um, but yeah, Martinez, we have to give him his due. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's been poor of late, but he was incredible for this match. Mm-hmm. Obviously, everything's going to be levelled at Levy. Lewandowski again, kind of helping this team come back into the game numerous times. He was at the one point, I think, the main reason why they got into the match because he was telling the players, don't like sit behind, push yeah. forward, like give us some chance. And he helped them because it was a 15-minute spell after, I think it was into taking a 2-1 lead. And he basically helped them kind of get that equalising goal. He had an attempt on goal. I think there was two attempts before he actually scored. And then it kind of started to get some optimism in the stadium because it wasn't just the players, it was the ground as well. Mm. But then Onana does this fantastic kick and it goes to Martinez. His His distribution is unreal. It gives in a such a just new... Um, dimension to their play. It is honestly just, I think, despite the fact he conceded three, right, Onana had a very, very good game. He made some great saves, made some good cat, like important coming out of crosses, catches, but I don't feel like I see Handanovic do that much. I feel like his defenders have to head the ball away a lot, whereas with Onana, I just... I don't know, the, the stats might not bite, this is just from the eye test kind of thing, but I mm. I saw Anana come out and catch the ball, and I was like, but yeah, I've not seen that in an Inter game for a while. And I just <laughs> yeah. feel like he offers that little thing, you know, and just the thought hits you. And I was like, I feel like he's a really, just a huge step up, and I think it's a matter of time now before Inzaghi learns that he's got to be number one for every game now, really. But I think he was really, really good. His distribution is unbelievable. There's a moment where he chipped the ball out to the left wing on his weak yeah. foot. And I was like, oh, God, that was like, I think with his left foot, his right foot, I can't remember, it was with his weak foot. Yeah. And it landed straight at the wing back, started to move. And I was like, man, that guy just gives in so much more. Um, another player who stood out for me, and I don't know why, what he needs to get, what he needs to do to get starts is Robin Gosens. Just is such yes. a danger every time he plays. Such a threat. Gets the goal. Could have got the winner at the end. Really could have got a winner Twice. at the end. Twice yeah. he could have got the winner as well yeah, because yeah. there was that like, corner where he almost scored from the mm, corner before yeah, yeah, the referee yeah. calls it. Um, yeah, but it's Aslan is going to kill himself oh. because he should have squared the ball. I don't. I can't imagine not. There. I can't imagine not squaring that ball. I just can't. I just. It just. I. I love the confidence, Aslani. I love the confidence, but next time just square it he's in such <laughs> just that's the right thing to do um but i think the fact that goshen's got into those positions so consistently shows you how dangerous a player he is um i know inter have got so many wing backs that it's just like they can't i kind of get why but he should be one of the stars. on that point martinez has no divine right to hold up the ball and he's got about five barcelona mm. players near him and he still when you look at the kind of aerial view Gosens is making a run on the far side. No one's tracking him. And just the fact that he makes the effort to try and be an attacking third to meet Martinez. Martinez sees him, squares it to him, 3-2. 
I mean, yeah, that was yeah, incredible yeah. scenes. It Absolutely. was, yeah, that was a hell of a pass as well. It was a hell yeah. of a pass. A hell of a Fantastic. pass. Fantastic. Um, but yeah, other players, I've kind of given Barella a bit of stick at the moment. Had an unbelievable game. Yeah. I feel like Inter Inzaghi might be coaching them out of this route. They might, might, might be getting out of it. They've had a bit of a bumpy patch. They've had a few under him, but he's got them out before. Maybe he's getting them out this time. For Barcelona... This is a big risk they've taken, right? They have taken a humongous risk, basically cashing in all of their future on the idea of getting through the Champions League group stage and Mm -hmm. basically winning that money back. So now, as they are, they are on four points. Inter are on seven. There's two games left. Inter have Bayern left to play and Victoria Pilsen left to play. They need to hope that Inter... Don't lose, beat basically. Victoria Pilsen and that they lose to Bayern. Now, Barcelona, yeah. as we said in the last show, Barcelona have already started the conspiracy theory that Bayern are just going to let them win. But beyond the football pitch, what Laporte has done here could actually kill off Barcelona, like the club. Yeah. Like, which is not. It's huge. And I think we've seen the deals that he's made, like buy like so they've cashed in future TV deals, sold fucking all restructured sorts of all existing stuff. deals as yeah. well. Yeah. And you've got two games to know whether this was a a, a wise decision or a stupid gamble. Mm. I think we know which way it is, but for him, if they don't make it through the group stage. I don't know what happens. Like, does he go? Does he? Is he forced from the club? Is the whole thing, like, is it a slow, painful death? Like, what happens? I, I think they will try and cash in on assets again, i.e. the players again. Um, they've somehow managed to announce Griezmann is going to Atletico Madrid. I think they've oh, amicably yeah. agreed with Atletico Madrid on that one. But thereafter, I mean, they have signed the likes of and Sufati, for example, to a new contract. Uh, Pedri's obviously on a, I believe his clause is something like £1 billion to get him out of his <laughs> current contract, which, again, no one's going to realistically no do. But the point that. is, yeah, yeah. they don't want a repeat of Neymar. Mm-hmm. They didn't see Neymar going for £400 million, right? Um, mm-hmm. But they're going to have to sell an asset. They have to learn from what they did wrong with Messi, which was they caved into his every demand when they should have just cashed in on him and reinvented the kind of style of play. Mm-hmm. Lewandowski was a big risk in the sense of he came in on reduced wages, but realistically he has one or two seasons left. So yeah. again, yeah. do they try and cash in on him knowing that he's the only sellable real asset out there? I don't know. I really I don't know how much. I know Lewandowski is world-class, but I don't know how much you get for him. I don't like... I can't see a club spending 50 million on Lewandowski for two No, years. but if he was offered at 20 million, for example, let's just say hypothetically, mm-hmm. even 30 yeah. million, I could see an Arsenal going yeah. in for him. I could yeah. see a lot of clubs being interested in that. Again, mm-hmm. he's kind of touted about the flavour of going to MLS. So again, would okay. they fork out for yeah, him again? Yeah. And that yeah. could be the kind of money aspects that Barcelona need. But like you say, it is very like clutching straws kind of situation where you kind of like they have to win the league if they don't win or go through to the next day they have to win the league to just stand a chance because it's the revenue that they'll get mm-hmm. from that also from a perspective of la liga rules as well 
because they need to be shown to have created a certain amount of revenue to yeah. then go back and reinvest mm-hmm. it. So again, being seconds, it will help them out financially, but it's not the same as winning the league. So they need to realistically somehow outdo a Real Madrid side that don't look like they're going to lose in the league as well. No, but no. no the Real Madrid, Real Madrid looks like you know, like you've got like the Garden of Eden, and then outside, like Real Madrid <laughs> yeah. looks like everyone's like la la la, having a great time, and in Barcelona, everyone's just like pulling their hair out and crying, fires and, feels, and all sorts going yeah, on. But yeah. it feels like really dark around there. But I think like it's another fire sale at Barcelona, so much pressure on Xavi. He's actually done a hell of a job to turn the team around, I think, uh, yeah. from where they were. I think this is a reminder of like, because we grew up alongside football of Barcelona just being great. And yeah. then you read about Barcelona's history. And for a lot of the time, they were really badly run. They were pretty average. They're yeah. really badly run. And you're like, oh, maybe they just revert into type. Maybe this is just what they always <laughs> were. Apart from that 20-year period when they like killed, like dominated football. It's really... It's quite sad to see. Like, I know none of us are massive Barcelona fans. I'll never forgive them for the many times they've screwed over Arsenal. But you don't want to see any clubs in financial issue. You've no. got to feel sorry for the fans, etc., etc. I think it is pretty, like, what Laporte has done. Right. I, I know it's not him that's got them into this mess, but the way he's trying to get them out of it is just a huge, huge, huge yeah. gamble. Kind of, kind of, to go back to the front of the beginning show, like what the Tories did. Huge gamble <laughs> to get us out of a mess. Maybe it went well. Maybe it's going well. Who knows? Um, but yeah, bad times at Barcelona. If anyone does know of a spare lever, just chuck a DM their way. I'm pretty sure <laughs> they're looking for another one. Um, finally, on the Champions League, I'm just going to do a few kind of headlines um, yeah. very quickly. Simon Mignolet, absolutely unbelievable mm-hmm. against Atletico Madrid, pulling off some ridiculous saves as with 10 men. They continue their run of not conceding a Champions League goal. Yes, they are still, and just double-checking, they are still top of their group. Um, Are they top of their group? Where have they gone? I think they are. They are top of their group. Four points clear. Jesus Christ, what is happening? Simon Mignolet, if you've not seen some of those saves, look at the highlights. Unbelievable. Um, Elsewhere, the Porto keeper, Diogo Costa, came the first goalkeeper to save a penalty and get an assist in a Champions League game ever. Um, Victoria Pilsen, it looked like Barcelona were going to absolutely walk this one. And then Pilsen just scored two absolute screamers. Great Mm. goals. Um, Again, kind of nice moments for them in the Champions League, I think, right? Um, I really loved the first game when the camera was panning across and all the players were, like, waving at the camera and stuff. I was like, oh, (laughs) I fucking love it. Like, they are proper happy to be where they are. Um, And Marseille win their second Champions League game in a row. Eagle Tudor, a 2-0 win away at Sporting, which is bloody good. Sporting Mm. going down to 10 men. Eagle Tudor turning it around in Marseille. If he can bring stability to that place, he's up there with Jesus. Like, it is incredible. He's already (laughs) achieving. He's doing that wine into water stuff. He's already Mm. doing that by the fact that they've actually won a game in the Champions League. They're a point behind Spurs. I mean, yeah. could we be saying in a few weeks' time, 
Marseille top of this group. Wouldn't that be phenomenal for Igor Tudor? And I think he's been very underrated about the job that he's done at Marseille mm-hmm. because yeah. he's ruffled a few feathers, including the fans. Mm-hmm. The fans that yeah, well, like it doesn't take still much. probably don't yeah. like him that much. It doesn't at the take moment. Much. But the fact that he's getting some credibility with these performances, and more importantly, the buy-in from the players, because that's mm-hmm. the other point. Like the likes of Payet will tell you if he doesn't enjoy himself. And <laughs> at this moment in time, they're getting a tune out of those players. So fair play to Igor Tudor. We knew he was a great coach. Juventus, yeah. you might be what, cursing yourselves here. What have you done, <laughs> Juventus? Um, and elsewhere, Tottenham got a 3-2 win against Frankfurt. Another game that looked a little bit like it was going to be very comfortable. Tottenham being Tottenham made it a little bit less comfortable for themselves, but Son Hung Min getting another two goals. That guy is definitely putting that bad spell of form behind him. Tottenham genuinely looked a bit more kind of active in this game, a bit more awake. I feel Mm. like Conte may be getting something out of them again. Frankfurt just... Jesus Christ, they never help themselves, but they do (laughs) play some really good football. They just... They don't help themselves. So that is our Champions League review. The Europa League's currently going on. Um, Arsenal have just beaten Burdur Glimt 1-0. The yep. steam train keeps on rolling, people. Bring on Leeds <laughs> this weekend. Um, elsewhere in the Europa League, I've not even got the fixtures. Look at your phones, guys. Um, we PSV winning take... against Zurich, 3-0. There you Ooh, go. Let's, yeah, let's go for it. PSV against Zurich. There we go. Um, we've got Fiorentina scoring five against Hearts. Jesus Christ, Scottish teams taking a slap in this week. Um, but Fiorentina finally getting some goals. That is good to see. Um, United currently drawing nil-nil with Amoni yeah. and Nicosia at halftime. Jesus Christ. Um, <laughs> nothing to be excited about there, is there? It really out. isn't many exciting games, I have to say. But Lazio West Ham are winning Bratz. against it and elect 2-0 as well. So oh, nice. A friend of the show, Tom, is at that game. So oh, he would have seen Jared Bowen getting a second goal. Yeah. Um, do you have to say, yeah, Lazio 1-0 against Stone Gratz. And of course, it's an immobile penalty. He only scores penalties. <laughs> um, so we are going to take a break because my voice is getting a little bit raspy, guys. And we will see you after this for the weekend preview. And here we are. It is weekend preview time, and we're going to start with the Premier League. Guys, this is your reminder. Update your fantasy team. It kicks off tonight, Friday night. Make sure you update the team. And while we are talking about fantasy football, we're actually going to talk about the (laughs) fantasy league we are running. Um, And we have to give a tip of the hat to Jack Hansford, host of Football Podcast, who is currently in first place on 613 points. Absolutely smashing it. I think his key is that he's got Martinelli, Jesus, and Haaland. That's three players that are getting some big points. Cancelo as well. That is looking like a decent team he's got there. Even Madison. I always forget about Madison. Um, Down at the bottom, you might want to stop listening now. Um, Mr. Steve Cole, 1-0 to the Arsenal. Um, I'm trying to click on your team, but my phone is really buggy and won't let me do it. yeah, he's Can got some interesting players. Well, what I can say, he's got Haaland Jesus up front. He's got Saka, Aribo, Bruno Guimaraes, Luis Diaz and Eriksen. At the back, Cucurella, Cash and Hickey. 
and Alison in goal. So it's a weird one. Ooh. He did get a lot of points last week, so 74 points. But yeah, very unfortunate. Maybe he made a few substitutions or made Maybe he's taking a hit on the old points. Hit on yeah. the captaincy, <laughs> and that's what's Quite. helped him out a bit. But yeah, Quite he's at possibly. the wrong end and of the table. For the one of who is top from this pod... And I'm only saying it because I think it's me. It's it me. You. From yeah. me, Adam and Andy, I am currently in eighth place. I had a hell of a week last week. 80 points. I was very, very happy with that. Eighth place. Not exciting. Not inspiring. But I'll take it. I'm terrible at fantasy. Yeah. So tip of the hat to Jack Hansford. But we're now going to go from fantasy football into real football. And as I said, it kicks off tonight as you are listening. Friday night, we have Brentford taking on Brighton, I think this could be actually beautiful watching for a Friday night. Um, mm. Brighton haven't conceded a goal to Brentford in the last two games. They won 2-0 and 1-0. Trossard scoring in both. So if you're going to do an accumulator, maybe stick on him to get one there. Um, thoughts on this game? Excited for Brighton-Brentford? Yeah, I think this will be a good contrast in terms of starts because Thomas mm-hmm. Franks can sit back and absorb the Deserby football at the same yeah. time. Deserby does need to get a win on board because I think mm-hmm. obviously he's just been a bit unlucky recently. Obviously, Tottenham was the last game where they lost 1-0 and previous to that was the thrilling game against Liverpool. But yeah, it's only going to take a matter of time before Brighton get that win. Mm. Uh, Brentford, they're doing quite well. Obviously, doing quite well. But the one thing I will highlight from this game, Thomas Franks has been linked with a move to Aston Villa because of the precarious position of Aston Villa. (laughs) Obviously, the benefit that Franks would get at Villa is more money for players. And I think that's Mm. potentially maybe the lever. But that said, Villa at the wrong end of the table. They're three points off the relegation zone. It's a weird one, um, but kind of Steven feel like Gerrard that whole club is, is built for Thomas Frank. There. I kind of feel like Brentford is built around Thomas Frank, and the whole thing is like you know, he's there because of that style of football and because of the money ball and because of etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. I feel like yeah. that Aston Villa one's a bit of a weird one. You got it's a weird one from a club with such <laughs> a strong identity to Aston Villa, who I'm not sure what that is. Where um, is that? Yeah, it's kind of. Oh, that'd be an interesting one. Okay, nice. Well, we can go there, go from there to the Aston Villa game. I think that's still on Saturday, isn't it? Or is that's that on Sunday. Sunday oh, so no, yeah, we're going to have to but... wait, guys. We're going to have to wait. <laughs> um, on Saturday, we have Leicester taking on Palace, where Leicester have indeed refunded fans who wanted to get halftime messages because some of them may have been not in support of poor old Brendy. Um, here... Palace haven't beaten Leicester since 2019. It's been a good while. They won 4-1 at Leicester, Batshuayi, Zaha and Milivojevic. Leicester have absolutely had Palace's number in the last couple of years. This is Palace's chance to turn up and smash them, I think. Leicester look in all sorts of trouble. Yeah, they do. And to be fair, I mean, obviously Leicester did get a good result against Nottingham Forest, but that aside, yeah, I feel like Palace are there to take advantage of the situation and with the players they've got at their disposal in particular a certain Wilfred Saha running the line alongside Eze Elise, Elise. oh I mean, what a team oh, incredible what a bloody team sorry Leicester this could not be a fun weekend for you then we have Wolves versus Forest I honestly don't know which team is worse at this point um, <laughs> I was I was though impressed with the fact that 
Nottingham Forest have offered Steve Cooper a new contract. He's signed a new contract. That is sensible thinking from Nottingham Forest. Thank God. This guy got you in the Premier League. You did not expect to be in the Premier League. Don't then sack him when your team isn't good enough. I no, think but they did very... sack someone, didn't they? They sacked the recruitment department, <laughs> which was balancing it out. I'm sure the players don't know what the hell is going on, but yeah. Talk about like, you know, closing the gate once the horse has bolted or whatever. (laughs) They've already signed 25 players and now you sack them. I don't know. Yeah. Fine. Um, (laughs) You do you, Wolves. Uh, Forrest, you do you, Wolves. They could be getting Nuno Espirito Santo back. Jesus Christ, they've run out of ideas. Um, Or or Rob Edwards. Rob Edwards, the... I saw him linked to Borough as well. That'd be quite interesting. Yeah, he's a former Wolves player, so that's the link with that. That's why he's potentially linked. So it'd be quite funny. But he's not Portuguese. He's not. Are they making him get a passport? Just yeah, naturalise him to be Portuguese, right? I'm sure it'll work. He's going to have to marry a Portuguese woman before he can get the job. Um, (laughs) Then we have finally on Saturday Spurs taking on Everton. Spurs won five 0 last time. Everton not beaten. Spurs in the Premier League since 20... Well, not beating Spurs in the Premier League for a very long time. On the FootMob <laughs> map, it ran out of head-to-head games since Everton have beaten Spurs. So that's how long it is. Um, at Spurs, anyway. Yeah, this... Yeah. It's going to be a grim one for, for Fat Frank, that I think. Spurs are probably going to get what they need. Moving on to Sunday, we have Villa taking on Chelsea. Is this going to be Steven Gerrard's last game? I didn't realise how angry Villa fans are at Steven Gerrard. Yeah, I mean, you only have to look at the game against Forest. They created two chances in the whole match. Mm. One of the goals scored by Ashley Young. And this is going to, like, head spin and do everything when I talk about this, that Ashley Young, who scored the other night, is joint top goal scorer for Aston Villa. They've got seven other players that have scored one goal each. Oh Incredible stat. That kind of tells you the story of Aston Villa's season. Oh Ashley Young, according to FootMob, is the highest rated player. Um, yeah, oh. against Chelsea, I was reading as well. I've got it in my notes. I'm glad um, I missed that Forest game. I'm glad I'm, I'm glad we were recording on Monday. Yeah, night, in the matchup between Chelsea and Villa, Villa have only won three times at home. Chelsea have won the other 13 uh, games. Uh, so, yes, not looking I feel too like great for them. It's the thing of like, I saw a comment and I think it's from friend of the show, Devo um, London. He's been on the show a couple of times, I think. Um, He said, he put something on Twitter, a mate of his who supports Villa that said, it feels like Steven Gerrard has taken all the identity away and everything that kind of um, the previous manager, Christ, his name's escaped me now. Uh, Dean Smith. Dean Smith. Sorry, that's terrible. Everything that Dean Smith built into that team has now been taken away by Gerard. It just just feel like there's no identity, no yeah. plan. It's all a bit lackluster. It was a team that we got on the beginning of last season. We got AV Billy on and we're like, the mm. transfer window you're having, this is crazy exciting. Yeah. You're one of the teams to look out for. And it just has not gone that way. No. And I feel like quite bad for Villa because I honestly... They did look like they could have pushed on and really been a very exciting team. So Gerard Definitely. has blood on his hands with that one, I think. And um, Chelsea should get the win here, really. We have Leeds versus Arsenal. Just get the W, boys. Just get the W. <laughs> I'd quite like to see Eddie and Ketty a start. I'd quite like to see him get Just a start. Score he started, yeah, exactly. He started tonight against Berdo Glimt. His record for us is actually pretty mad. I think he's got like 12 goals in 15 games, his last 15 mm. games for us or something. His record is pretty good. But that's against Europa League teams. There is a caveat there. So I think give him a bit of Prem experience. 
I do like Eddie. He gets a lot of stick. And he used to play mm-hmm. for him. Maybe he gets a goal to fuck him over. But I yeah. do think Leeds could massively cause us problems. Um, Jesse Marsh, the, the, the style of football they play, we're not gonna we're gonna have to be switched on at the back because they're not. That said, they are conceding team. goals. That's the thing. So despite uh, it's classic that, Leeds, eh? Yeah, it's classic yeah. Leeds. Yeah. And it, I think there's some worries about Jesse Marsh at the moment. Although mm. he was given this kind of projects build his squad again, um, it's not looking great. When you look at the performances versus where the standings, could they have been better off staying with Bielsa? That's the key question. I think he did keep them up last year. I think under Bielsa, they go down. I genuinely think, as much as I love Bielsa, I think Mm. the the way they were on, they were only going one way under him. It was just going to get worse and worse. I think he did keep them up. I think... I, I like Jesse Marsh. I think he's brought in some really good players. Like Aaron I like him, but I think exciting. maybe this is a club too far for him. I, mm. I wonder if they did pull the trigger, I could see Sean Dyche coming in there. It's just oh, building God. up this Leeds revolution, <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah, just tearing it all up. Yeah. Um, then we have Manchester United versus Newcastle. Now, Newcastle this never win good. at Old Trafford. Never win at Old Trafford. But I fancy it. I think this could be the one. Newcastle have scored nine goals in their last two games. They are mm. looking incredible um, as a team. I've had a lot of arguments with their fans on Twitter this week. I am complimenting <laughs> yes, the did. team, not the owners or the club, <laughs> just to be clear. All the politics. <laughs> All the politics. The team is very exciting, very good team. I feel like they could cause United quite a lot of problems. What are you thinking about this game? I do fancy Newcastle for this game. I mean, I know Man United are starting to build some form, it seems, or it appears, certainly. Um, But, yeah, I think Newcastle could boss this match a bit more than they have previously. And Mm -hmm. this is the caveat. Previously, they haven't had the players. But this time, they look like, when you think about the type of players that Newcastle have, they're workmanlike. They've got some quality about them as well. Almiron looks a different player. He looks like a player that's got confidence at the moment. And when you bring in the likes of Alan St. Maximan, who is currently just coming off a bad injury at the moment, I think it was hamstring that he pulled. Yeah. Like obviously, you think that's a quality squad they've got. They've got some really and clever their players. Midfield, their midfield is much better than United. They've oh, got yeah. like Bruno Grimaldi is like. Yeah. One of the best midfielders in the league. Like, yeah, yeah. honestly, unbelievable. Like, and I think I've seen a lot of like, oh, he's the best midfielder outside the top four. Oh, outside the top six, he's better than a lot of midfielders in the top six. That guy oh, yeah. is unbelievable. Yeah, yeah. I think like I'm genuinely gutted Arsenal didn't get I, him. I could he see, went to Newcastle. He's I could so see good. him play for any of the top six right now. Yeah, I yeah, could yeah. genuinely see him play. And he's an yeah, that's just yeah, you've got to say Newcastle is fantastic business there. How mm. no other clubs went in from is yeah, mind boggling. Arsenal had anyway. three opportunities and we didn't do it, and now we're looking for a midfielder and he would be perfect. It's really frustrating. Um, then we have Southampton taking on West Ham. Talking of managers who perennially are close to being <laughs> sacked, Ralph Hasenhutl at some point is going to be taken out the back and shot, I think. Southampton fans have had enough. It does feel like it's running out of legs. I like him as a manager, but Southampton is just running out of ideas, isn't it? West Ham yeah. did lose this game 3-1 last season. Um, so maybe Saints can replicate that. But I think West Ham, we've seen them start to pick up a bit of form, yeah. starting to score goals, looking much more like we expected them to, the top six challenges that I think they should be. So maybe this will be another mm-hmm. win for them. Then finally, guys, we get to the game of the weekend. 
Liverpool taking it? on City. I think this is going to be, honestly, I think despite how bad Liverpool have been, and again, this is probably just me being an Arsenal fan and going, this is the one chance we have of City dropping points. Maybe it's that. But I do think Liverpool are going to turn up for this game. I honestly think they're going to be like just mentality monsters and just fucking switch it on for this game. I think City are not going to have it as easy as people think. I can see a draw. I can definitely see a draw with goals. I, I could see a draw if Liverpool are at their peak um, in mm. terms of just being in Man City players' faces. And that's what mm. they like to do in these games. They don't necessarily try and outplay Man City. They go about their business by making sure Fabinho just does one of those crunching yeah. tackles. But then I, I just feel like defensively they got found out last weekend against Arsenal against the likes of Haaland, who's been... For listeners, I'm dancing. Yes, he's dancing. (laughs) I just cannot see this happening, personally. I just think it's got a few goals written for Man City, unfortunately. But let's see, because Klopp has a tendency to pull it out of the bag for certain games where he's not perceived to be the potential winner for the game. So Mm. you never know. You never know. But I just feel on form basis alone, Man City are probably going to win this. It's hard to see them losing yeah. to anyone, isn't it, really? But, you know, you have to have hope. Come on, come <laughs> on Liverpool, just do us a favour. Please do us a favour. Um, good. That is the Premier League weekend. The only problem for Liverpool is they have loads of fucking injuries. Um, they've got Trent yeah. out. They've got Matip out and Luis Diaz. Sorry about that, guys. Well, I think we injured <laughs> all of those players. Um, but So there are issues for Liverpool, but I do think they could turn up. City, still without uh, Kyle Walker. They've got the strength in depth. They'll be fine. Um, but yeah, fingers crossed, Liverpool get the W and... Are not title challenge can continue for a while. Um, good, it's now time to go to Serie A. Um, Serie A preview time while I find the banner. Here we go, Serie A preview. Good, this weekend it all kicks off on Saturday, and we have Torino versus Juve. Now, Torino, listen to me, players of Torino listen to me this is your <laughs> chance you have not beaten Juve since 2015 let me repeat that 2015 the goal scorers were Qualiorella he was still in school and Dormian <laughs> right you have to win this time this is your chance if you don't do it you are never going to beat them again like I cannot explain to you how much this is your chance. What do you think about this game? Could Torino actually bloody do it? They could because Juric is a good coach. And Sanabria, who's up front, he's picking up form right now. He's Mm -hmm. picking up form at the right time. This is the best time to play Juventus. This is the best time Torino in their history have probably had at beating Juventus as well. Yeah. I just you gotta do I it, hope, boys. I hope they beat them. I could just love. I loved those scenes a few years ago where they kind of covered off these old like supporters of Torino, and they're like really like in their seventies or eighties. They're like, I've never seen Torino win, and for them, I just want <laughs> Torino yeah. to win. Please, there, there, there are not many support bases in world football I respect more than Torino fans, <laughs> yeah. honestly. There are not many where I'm just like, fucking fair play. You could have picked Juve and had a pretty happy life, (laughs) but you've gone the hard way. I have so much respect for Torino fans. I really am all in. You have to win it this weekend. And if you do, 
if you do, Torino fans, we will spend 10, 15 minutes and just <laughs> analyzing that game and talking about how great it was on Monday night because you, it, you just you have to do it. So it could be a big start to the weekend. Then we have Atalanta versus Sassuolo. Now, I was looking at this. Both teams always score in this fixture. The last clean sheet was in 2018. So it's always a goal fest. Um, the issue for Atalanta is Zapata and Toloi are out injured. For Sassuolo, Fratesi, Berardi and Defrel are out injured. So both teams kind of going through a bit of an injury issue. But we've seen Atalanta mm-hmm. continuing to push at the top of the table. How do you see this game going, Adam? Like you've just described it, there's going to be goals in this one. We yeah. did say a few weeks ago that they were the form sides in this league by the fact and the virtue that they kept clean sheets. They're the teams you least expect to keep clean sheets. Um, but yeah, certainly I, I just feel like there's going to be plenty of goals. I think Atalanta will win this ultimately. I'm going to call it 3-2 winners for Atalanta. Um, mm-hmm. Just one thing for the listeners to know, Scalani, who is the 18-year-old that plays in the defence for Atalanta, He's now got the eyes of Pep Guardiola looking at him. So Ooh. certainly there's a few clubs that seem to have cottoned on that he's having a good season at Atalanta. So it wouldn't surprise me if there was a move at some point, but I'd love him to wow. stay in Italy. Personally, mm-hmm. I'd love him yes. to stay there. Because I think just a little longer, just a little longer. Yeah, point, though, right? he's still just a, a bit little young. bit. Still a yeah. bit young to go abroad, but yeah. Um, Atalanta to win this one, definitely. What about you, Rory? Yeah, I think Atalanta have got to get this one. I think Sassuolo will put up a fight, but I think the fact they're missing Bernardi is just so huge. And Fratesi mm-hmm. as well. He scored against me in fantasy last week. He's been very, very good for Sassuolo <laughs> recently. Um, so I feel like he could be a big miss. So I expect Atalanta to get the win. We have Inter versus Salernitana. Inter have won both the matches against Salernitana 5-0. So I do not yeah. think Inter will be struggling here. Correa and Brozovic out. As we said, Inter starting to get back into form. Mm. Maybe this is the perfect game for them to continue that form. I don't expect much from Salernitana. They have been very good this year. They're just never good against Inter. Um, we have Lazio taking on Udinese. One of the big yes. games this weekend, I think. Yeah. Last year, it was two draws, a 1-1 and four all <laughs> in that absolute <laughs> madness. Um, when Serie A was the goalsiest league last year, that was one of them. Four all, insanity. Vero- um, Udinese, we have run out of superlatives to talk about Udinese yeah. and how well they're doing. Sotil absolutely tearing it up. But I think Lazio are kind of being ignored a little bit in how good their season is going. What do you think? I, I don't know about that. I felt like after the, I think it was game week two or game week three when they played uh, Inter Milan and they beat them 3-1 at home, I thought we started to see a different side to Lazio that we probably didn't see from previous seasons. Granted, Sari's taken a season to kind of strip back the team, get it to play the way Sarri he wants to. That takes exactly, a while. that takes a while. So I think we're starting to see the fruition of Sari ball it's still going to take another season before he gets the players that he wants. But ultimately, they still have this tendency to slip up against sides that they mm-hmm. should be winning games. Yeah. And this yeah. is one of those games where ultimately form here is on Udinese's side as mm-hmm. well. Um, so I think it's going to be another cracker like we kind of described. Four all was a previous um, scoreline. I think yeah. it could be something like that, but... We'll wait and see because I, I don't think anyone should write off Lazio. Lazio mm. look incredible when you look at the team. 
Sergei Malinkovic-Savage is a player that maybe Arsenal should look at. Mm-hmm. Incredible. So Kanye is player. having a hell of a season. As uh, a is mm-hmm. a bloody great player. Yeah. I think Lazio love an early goal as well. They love an early goal. Yeah. So if you're going for a builder bet, pile on Lazio to score in the <laughs> yeah. first half because they love and love an early goal. Good. Yeah, I think that's going to be a really, really fun game. Lazio versus definitely. Lazio. It's going to be a fun game. Then we've got. Two teams who could not really be in much different form. Napoli versus Bologna. Napoli nine wins in a row in all competitions. Bologna one win in nine. And that was against, oh, I can't remember now. Was it against Verona? I can't remember. Um, Probably, yeah. This has got Napoli win written all over it. I think they're just, yeah. again, a team that loves first half goals. It'll be done within the first 20 minutes, I think. Yeah, I, I can completely see that happening. And Bologna will probably have to rely on Skorupski doing a well mm-hmm. deal or something like that. But yeah, yeah, unfortunately, yeah. Um, the whole Bologna side haven't been great. Um, in fairness, when you look at previous week, uh, Sampdoria got a draw against them. That kind of tells you its own story because Sampdoria have been terrible this season. The fact that they've got a draw at Bologna is a good point for Sampdoria. So, yeah, Bologna is struggling at the moment. But yeah, I think the interesting game on Sunday is actually Verona versus Milan because Verona need the points to yes. get themselves out of the mess they're currently in. So they're currently hovering around that relegation zone right now. And uh, Milan, obviously, yeah, in good form in the league. Mm-hmm. But yeah, they've got their worries as well at the same time. So. I feel like, yeah, Verona are still recovering from being absolutely torn apart in the summer transfer yeah, window because they had Simeone, Barak, Caputo, yeah. right? Did they all leave? Mm. I think Caputo left yes. as well. Sure. Yeah. Um, they got absolutely torn to pieces, didn't they? And I think they are kind of recovering a little bit because they were one of our favourite sides last season. I mm. loved watching Verona last year. There is also Spezia Cremonese. Jesus Christ. Um, <laughs> just, Jesus Christ. We got Sampdoria taking on Roma on Monday night and Lecce hosting Fiorentina. Can Fiorentina finally score a bloody goal and get a no. win? <laughs> <laughs> no, Lecce are actually not that bad. Um, but two decent games on a Monday night. And I think that is our Serie A preview. It should be a good weekend. I'm pretty excited. Um, there's going to be lots of sofa time watching football this weekend i think i finally got a saturday off so i intend to spend it on the sofa the entire day um fingers crossed listeners enjoy your weekend andy anything to say before we go and i give us our customer well i will try to be andy but yeah uh just quick words (laughs) it's coming to the end of the show you can tell it's the end of the show right um just (laughs) quick one if you weren't enticed by those fixtures look at germany because it's the top four playing each other so union berlin versus dortmund Bayern Munich versus Freiburg. Freiburg always seem to get a result at Bayern Munich, so that mm. could be a tasty match as well. But nice. on that bombshell, um, yeah, Andy's not here. It's me. I wish you... It is Adam. It is Adam. I will confirm. <laughs> we do need to get someone on to talk about Union Berlin and what the hell is going on there. It's a story that I really, 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 really want to talk about. So any German football experts, hit us up. I we will know. definitely have you on the show because I want to talk about Union. Good. Listeners, enjoy your weekend and I will send you off with our customary quote and it can only come from one man. It is the great Massimiliano Allegri who once said, if you want fun, go to the circus. Have a good weekend, guys. Take care, guys.
Social Podcast Network.